Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Hope your Monday's going great. Hope you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. It is Monday, and the team is here. Sandy Max is here. Greg Matzik is back from spring training. Debbie Lazic is here. And Adam is producing the show this afternoon. All right, let's get right to it. This is the 3 at 3 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, where do we start, Sandy? We start with the Milwaukee County Medical Examiner on the cusp of hiring its first female medical examiner. Yeah, you know, the old guy, Dr. Brian Peterson, left under a cloud of controversy, said some controversial things, disappeared, Disappeared, couldn't be found to testify in big cases, critical levels of understaffing. And amidst all of that, Dr. Wieslaw Tlamlak has been given the interim title. She's been in the office for 17 years. Now, if she is approved by the full county board, she would be the first full-time Milwaukee County medical examiner, the chief medical examiner. This would be pretty cool. She's got a lot of respect. Everybody that I've read about all afternoon has nothing but great things to say about her. The full board meets on March 23rd when history could be made in the Emmy's office. And it's exciting because she's already made impact. You know, there have been many complaints in that medical examiner's office, including understaffing, and she's been on it. She has. So we'll stay updated on this story. March 23rd, that's the big date. All right, what's second? Remember when Patty LaBelle was in Milwaukee back in December? But she had to cut her show short because of a bomb threat. That's what she was feeling like, too. So she got escorted off stage, and it was a big Christmas show. Well, good news, Patty LaBelle, coming back for a rescheduled show at the Riverside Theater. This is good news. So she is coming back. Previously issued tickets and parking passes will be honored by the Riverside. So good for her. Six months later, less than six months later, she will be back. She's written six books. She's been in TV and film. She's got, as we all know, many, many, many popular songs. So Patty LaBelle coming back. On May 20th. And if you can't make that date and you have tickets, they will refund your money. That's that's so good. I'm glad she's coming back. And in less than six months, uh, good for her and good for our city. What's the third thing? Are you ready? Wisconsin may have two Bucky's soon. Oh, my gosh. I am so ready. So (laughs) Bucky's is like quick trip, but hyped up. Alaska size. These are huge travel centers. They have a beef jerky wall when you walk in. They have 100 fountain drinks on another wall. They have fresh biscuit. They make their fresh baked goods. They have the cleanest restrooms in America. That's what they advertise. The restrooms, the one I stopped in recently in Tennessee, (laughs) had 96 urinals. That's how big these are and clean. They have over 100 gas pumps. The one in Milwaukee will have 120 gas pumps. So that gives you an idea how big these things are. There's like a cult following. Adam, our producer, has a Bucky's coffee mug on his desk. I knew he was into it. I bought him a, what did I buy you, a t-shirt? You got me a Bucky's Christmas t-shirt. Yes. It's a thing, you guys. Because they've got, we have Bucky the Badger. Oh, this is our mascot. Cool. Different Bucky spelling. the Beaver. Yes, the Bucky Bucky's the Beaver. Magic. Yes. Yeah, so we could have two Buckies in Wisconsin. I am hyped up about this. This is really cool. Where are they going? Like, are they North gonna... of Madison, DeForest. Okay. So yeah. right on the interstate. They always pick a big interstate. And they need a site that has 20 or plus more acres. This is a 23-acre site. 
for a gas station travel center. At, at one point, you might have the population of DeForest at the gas station. <laughs> yes. Because this that sounds like a kind of place you don't just stop in and leave. Sounds like a place you like hang right. out. If it doesn't work, you've got a school already built. Yeah, you browse. Like, it's a massive. You buy Christmas presents for your producer. I mean, this is a massive, massive place. So And hopefully I, bring I'm, some I'm more jazzed. jobs. Yep, and it's going to do that, too. 200 jobs are going to be at this location alone. It is 314 at WTMJ. Chris Rock speaks out for the first time publicly after being slapped by Will Smith almost a year ago, and Bruce Willis's family is ticked off. Jason Nathanson joins us live from Hollywood up next. Uh-oh, Richard! <laughs> oh, wow! Wow! Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. That was a little less than a year ago at the Oscars. Will Smith, on the night that he won an Oscar, uh, walks up, you could hear it there, and slaps Chris Rock, the MC, after Chris Rock had uh, made a crack about Will Smith's wife. Starring in the G.I. Jane sequel. Like, it wasn't, you know, yeah. to me, it just it wasn't a really vicious it comment. And, it, and I watched that in real time and was me too. flabbergasted. So, now... Chris Rock is responding publicly in detail for the first time. ABC's Jason Nathanson has seen his Netflix special, which aired this weekend, and he is with us from Los Angeles. All right, Jason, what did you think of the uh, the way Chris Rock handled this? Yeah, we knew Chris Rock was going to talk about it, but I don't think anybody really knew that he was going to go as deep as he went. He really went in on Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith to uh, kind of mixed reviews from those in the Twitter community and elsewhere. Uh, a lot of people felt that he was, went way too hard calling Jada Pinkett Smith the B word uh, and really talking about the uh, infidelity in their marriage, which he said that you know they, they had talked about it publicly themselves, so he felt that he was okay to talk about it but he really went deep he proposed the theory basically that will smith wasn't mad at chris rock that's not where the smack came from that it came from will smith's anger at his own wife for cheating on him uh, a, a couple of years before and that's where the whole deep-seated anger and everything came from uh smith spent about seven minutes at the end of that uh, performance that live performance just really going in on the two of them and I think a lot of people were surprised by the tone. I think they expected Chris Rock to make some jokes, but not really to kind of reopen this feud once again a year later. But don't you think there was some timing with that, that he's probably been sitting on this and, and that that timing is specifically to relate to a year later? Well, he had said that he was going to do whatever he was going to say, he was going to say on his own terms. Basically, he wasn't going to give it up to, for free to somebody in a, like an interview with Oprah or something like that. He was going to do it in the form that he felt most comfortable doing it, which would be stand-up and doing you know his stand-up show. He's made these jokes before. The, these weren't necessarily anything new. I think the length and the time, the amount of time that he gave to it was a little new, but he's been doing a lot of this material as he's gone across around the country. Um, it just It hasn't been public we haven't been able to see it but a lot of the jokes we kind of knew that he would make and there was one in particular that people were really kind of they felt that was distasteful um he talked about how he used to love will smith and now he says that he just watches will smith's latest movie emancipation in which will smith plays a slave he says i watch emancipation just to see him get whooped a lot of people felt that that was just you know, bring slavery into it and and whippings uh, just really was kind of distasteful you know you know these guys jason you're around them uh, occasionally and what you do for a living 
I think this was totally about the bottom line. I think, you know, he signed a big deal with Netflix, and I think Netflix expected that this will be part of, you know, your exclusive chance to tell this. He's getting paid a ton of money to do this live. This was live. Netflix doesn't do live stuff very often. To do this live and for this to be the venue, I think this isn't so much about that it's close to the Oscars. It's about Netflix and Chris Rock both trying to make a ton of money off of this. Uh, and, and possible, but like it, it, because it was live, that really I don't know how much it helps Netflix because uh, I you would have had to sign up beforehand, and I don't know if they're going to see subscriber numbers jump because of this to just to watch this. They might, and then people might watch it and then unsubscribe. I I, I don't really know, but they're trying to figure it like the whole industry is. They're trying to figure out what works and what gets them more subscribers. So it might be that something like this did help with that. And Rock, you know, I think the buildup really was Rock's going to talk about it. I think that's what, you know, gets people in and gets people watching. And then it's up to him the degree to which he talks about it. He could have done a couple jokes, and I think everybody would have been fine with it. The way he kind of really reopened this whole thing and restarted it, when a lot of people thought it was done, I think that's what a lot of people are surprised at. I want to switch gears and ask you about the the Bruce Willis situation. He's been diagnosed with a, a form of dementia. This makes me really sad. His family's now being stalked and being harassed by the paparazzi. Is that right? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know to the real degree if, you know, I would use the word stalking necessarily, but the paparazzi are doing what the paparazzi do. They wait outside and they wait to take pictures. And apparently over the past couple of weeks, there there have been a couple of incidents where that's that's happened. So his wife, Emma, has taken to social media to say, hey, look, guys, what, I know that you're doing what you feel that you have to do. It's your job. But when you do that, can you give us some space? Can you do it from uh, a way away? And one of the, the really tough things that in which she in the statement that she made was, um, you know, the, the things that they're yelling at him, like lines from his movies and things like that to try to get him to react or maybe even wave or whatever. He's dealing with dementia. So uh, it, it seems like she was saying, you know, like, that's kind of confusing for him. You know, it does, he doesn't know exactly what's going on when they're yelling this stuff at him. And when you're dealing with somebody with dementia, and she says this is all, you know, this might be a learning uh, moment for a lot of people. But when you're dealing with somebody with dementia, don't crowd up on them. Don't yell at them. Don't yell things. Kind of just do what you have to do, maybe from across the street even. And then, you know, everybody can continue on with their lives. It seems like this has been in the headlines a lot with Prince Harry talking extensively about the paparazzi in his book and in his Netflix series and now the Willis family talking about this. Is this historically the paparazzi better or worse than they have been 20 years ago? Can you give us any perspective? You know, it's interesting because things have changed. It used to be we only got this stuff from the paparazzi. Now, with social media, you get it from the people themselves. People will post their own stuff, their own pictures of them out and about. I think the public appetite for this has changed a little bit. We don't need it. We don't need it from the tabloids. We don't need it from because there, there are more places to get these pictures, these looks at people inside their lives, walking around, shopping, doing those kinds of things, the kind of candid pictures that we used to not get and only get from the paparazzi. So I think the the kind of fever pitch has changed. It's not so much the case anymore. We don't hear about it as much, but they're still out there. They're still trying to get their pictures. Um, It's just changed a little bit, I think, our appetite. You know, being in the Midwest, we just don't see that. Thank goodness, because every time I see something like that, it is people acting like fools, shouting things, and like like a pack of wolves. I think it would be really intimidating if you were 
of all your senses, much less with dementia, having just people shout at you and and getting in your way to take your yeah. picture. Yeah, certainly with dementia, that's that's got to be a, a very confusing thing. Mostly, most often you hear from stars, they get really upset when it's their kids involved because kids don't know what's going on. There's just a bunch of people yelling and taking pictures. You know, that can be kind of confusing as well. It's one thing that if you are, you know, a, an A-list movie star and an A-list singer and you're dating and you go out for dinner, you know, you kind of expect that attention. Maybe you even want that attention for your careers. Not everybody wants that attention all the time, though. ABC's Jason Nathanson in Los Angeles. Thank you so much, Jason. Sure thing. Take care. It is 326 at WTMJ. Coming up, second half of this hour, something nice. It's going to make you smile a little bit on this Monday. And also, inside long-term COVID's main side effect, which is loss of smell. We'll discuss that with two guys on our staff who actually have it, not related to COVID, but, but have that. I'm fascinated. That's at about 345. The world can be a messy place. Yep. And we at Wisconsin's Afternoon News think it could do with a little more nice. 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 Oh, that's nice. Say something nice to me. This is Something Nice on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Because couldn't you use some good news to start the week? Absolutely. Yes. I found this nice story. First of all, tomorrow is National Cereal Day. Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) That speaks to one man man in particular in the studio. That is nice. That would be one Mr. John McCure who enjoys cereal for dinner and dessert. (laughs) But it's a staple. It's a breakfast staple for growing families. And Wisconsin students have really stepped up to celebrate National Cereal Day and make a difference. There's an organization called Do Good Wisconsin. And they put out a DGW cereal box domino challenge to all Wisconsin schools, every single one in the state, starting last month, all the way up to National Cereal Day tomorrow. So the- Wait, this is a domino thing with yes. boxes of cereal? Oh, cool. Yeah, so each school collects as okay. many boxes of cereal as they can. And then it's the fun challenge of lining all those boxes up nice. all the way through the schools. So if you look online, you will find videos of domino boxes, whether it's tricks, Fruity Pebbles, Cheerios, Aww. whatever it is. Go, knocking down hallways, down staircases, and then there's lots of displays ending up in gyms with kids wow. just screaming because they're excited. And so this means thousands and thousands of boxes are being donated to food pantries because that's who all of these boxes of donated cereal nice. will go to. Um, but one school in particular got ahead of the game last month in Racine. They think they broke the Guinness World Record. Whoa. How many boxes of cereal through that school, through Red Apple Elementary, hmm. do you think they le- they stacked up? Oh, they my gosh. Up? In what period of time? Was it on the gym floor? Yeah. It was all the way through the school. Like, what, how do you oh do my what gosh. period of time? Oh, okay. How long oh, it oh, took not... all these boxes to fall down? Oh, or, I got it. Or how long 711. Oh, okay. more than that. Yeah, I'm picturing like the, like, like the uh, Pyramid of Colon Blow from Saturday Night Live, <laughs> uh, and that was thousands of boxes, but I'm going to say 14,352. That's a lot. The world record is 6,391, and Red Apple Elementary and we're seeing 7,500 full boxes of cereal wow. snaking all the way through the school. Nice. You can see the video. They feel very confident that they shattered that record, and ha- here's what's even crazier. They scanned every single barcode. Mm. Wow. To prove how many were used. And now those 7,000 boxes of cereal donated to local pantries. Now, here's the thing. There mm. are some cereals 
I'm a serial expert, yeah. <laughs> that are much more conducive to the domino success ratio than others. If you buy Wheaties or you buy Life Cereal, that's a dense box of cereal. It's going to hit the next box and go down. Yeah. If you're more like a Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles guy, that's very light. A lot of air. That's going to be like a, a feather. A gentle nudge. Yes. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Reese's Pieces, that's kind of in the middle as what about, far as weight. What about great nuts? I feel like that's a brick that's, wall. That's dense. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you can true. get yeah. that one to fall, yeah, it's going to crash into the next one. See, yeah. we're teaching students physics on top of generosity. Exactly. Yeah, not all cereals created equally. No. Do good, Wisconsin, and celebrate National Cereal Day tomorrow. It is 343 at WTMJ. Alright, this is a thing. If you cannot smell, it's called Animasia. Anas- oh, Dr. Raymond would be so disappointed. Anna? Anna? Say it, Sandy. How it's, you like say a, it? it's like a woman's name. An- anosmia. An- anosmia. And last Monday anosmia. was National Anosmia Day, which made me curious. What is anosmia? Anosmia, it comes from Latin. An means no. Osmia means smell. So no smell. Uh-huh. So anosmia is a, a symptom that happens after many infections, mostly from covid that causes people to lose their sense of smell. And that means they can't taste either because a large component of taste is smell. Okay, so this is where it gets interesting. we got two guys on our staff here, the very talented Michael Spaulding, the assistant program director, and Wyatt Barmar-Pooley, who uh, locks down the newsroom during the afternoon show. Thank you so much for being with us, guys. Thanks for having me, John. I want to start with... I want to get your background, but first I have to go with what Dr. Raymond said because he said taste also disappears. With Spaulding, you have... You have you cannot smell, but you can taste, right? Yes, and I've also never had COVID, so this was something that I've been dealing with since about nine years old, or something along those lines. So my childhood, early childhood, I could smell normally, and then I got a uh, stick to the nose, a hockey stick to my face. Really? And then it healed, and I never got a sense of smell back. So did it break your nose? Yeah, it like smashed it real good. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah. If you look real close, John, maybe after the show, I have a scar on my. Nostril. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going in there. Okay. Uh, I take your word for it. And the actual, uh, the even more in-depth definition of anosmia, it does say loss of sense of smell, either total or partial, and it can be caused by head injury, infection, or just a blockage of the nose. So that sounds like a one doozy of a head injury you had as a kid. Yeah, it was a, like I said, it was a youth hockey game and just a stick to the nose and blood and all that kind of stuff. And ever since then, I can like smell areas of things. Like I know what a bakery smells like, but bread, donuts... And tarts, they like they would all smell the same to me. So, is it you know what a bakery smells like because of your memory? Do you believe, or do you actually get hmm. a little bit of some broader smell? So, I've always thought it's memory based, like because you know, up until yeah. like nine or ten, you go to a lot of places, you sure. remember stuff. For example, a zoo. I can't smell a zoo <laughs> at all. <laughs> like if we're in the penguin exhibit, I ah, fine. You're good. You stay there all day. Yeah, That's a whole room. Yeah. All day. Yeah. So little kids, they, they love it. They're yeah. like, oh, Uncle Michael's standing here forever with us and watch the penguins yeah, do whatever. Like I, I, I want to get Wyatt in here because, Wyatt, very similarly, yours is not related to COVID either, right? You've had this for a long time. Yeah, it's similar to Mike's, but not head injury related. And be, uh, the big difference is is that he was able to remember some of the smells. I've never been able to smell. So I don't have anything. like it. There's no association for me with smells of anything i i the the closest i get is that like i can feel a physical sensation when i smell smell with air quotes smoke or something like that Wait, what do you mean you can f- you can feel like it, a vibration or you can feel it just, something it just like it 
It's sort of a, a really? reflex, but uh, I've never been able to smell. I, I've never known the word for it until I was actually, I was working uh, in the newsroom and listening to this Dr. Raymond interview and realized the way he described it about a sort of lack of connection to the brain, because it's like a, it's a direct route from the nose to the brain. For me, that connection just, it isn't there. So I, I don't know how to just, I don't know what anything smells like. And I also have never had COVID. It was actually a... It was a disadvantage early in the pandemic when tests were not as easily available because that was one of the tells yep. that you were getting sick, not just with uh, a, a cold, but with COVID specifically. Mm-hmm. For me, that was never going to help. <laughs> I, I was uh, woke up one day and couldn't smell. That's just a, another day. I was going to ask you guys if you feel cheated. And then I thought about the times I've spent with Greg when he's had Mexican, and yeah. maybe it's a blessing. I will say I am permanently mm-hmm. on vomit cleanup duty. Because in, it doesn't bother uh, in my you. life, because I yeah, but it also uh, a recent food poisoning incident was made harder because I was trying to uh, get some fresh air into the house and make sure it didn't smell like uh, something based purely on guesswork. I had no idea what it smelled oh. like, so I was I told my partner just like good luck. I, I hope it doesn't smell now because you're sh- I'm not going to be able to figure it out. Spalding, do you feel cheated ever? Do you feel are there time when when do you miss it the most? When do you realize like. I wish I could smell that. Um, I would say when it's good smells that I can't really get, but I think I feel more cheated when it's bad. It's like I can't contribute really? to the the group. Like, like I the, miss oh, it. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Yeah. Like what is that? Like rotten egg, for example. I don't know. Like sulfur. I don't know. A I skunk? guess a skunk. I, I don't know. But if it's like real super strong, I kind of get the same sense that Wyatt gets of like a. A, a sensation of something, you although it might not be. Yeah, although it hmm. might not be related a hundred percent to to smell. So I, I'm curious about the food element of this because mm-hmm. why we've spoken before about how you don't have a really diverse palate, like you don't like a lot of different foods. I think that was you. It uh, was you. You asked me why I hated America. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, Sounds like a great question. <laughs> and very much so. I, I'm wondering because that connection is so strong between what you smell and what you taste. Do you think you aren't tasting the food like you should be tasting it? I do think there's a difference in my palate versus uh, somebody who can smell. I don't think it's as strong as people assume it to be. I think a a major portion of it is just that I was a fairly neurotic child and uh, (laughs) decided fairly early on that certain things I did not want to eat. So part of my limited palate is being stubborn, but I think also part of it is just I experience the food a little bit differently. I I will say the way people describe food and how it should taste is how I experience it. So I don't think I'm I don't think anything's backwards. I just think it's maybe a little bit muted. Hmm. On the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620, Joe texted in that he's been living with a greatly reduced sense of smell for years. Used to work in a company where formaldehyde fumes were often present. And doesn't know that that's really what to attribute it to. But he says the only real danger is I can't smell a gas leak. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, you guys. We've been joking around a lot, but you can't smell smoke if your house is on fire. You can't smell gas leak. I cannot smell smoke, but I can smell a gas leak. We had, a gas, leak. We had a gas leak in our house uh, a year about a year ago, uh, and I could smell that one. Was that one of the only things that you've been able yeah. to really clearly smell? Yeah, and I knew what it was right away. So what did that do to you when you normally can't really so I, smell anything and then you could get this distinct smell where you knew what it was? So your point, John, is is super poignant about uh, the the dangers of not being able to smell because that was one of my biggest fears when my wife and I bought a house. I was like, oh my God, Like, what if I can't smell a gas leak or a smoke or things burning? Like, If you burn something in the stove, like that doesn't affect me at all. 
But the gas leak did, and I was very thankful, actually. So, like, the bad smell, it doesn't smell huh. good, but I was very thankful that I could, like, walk in the house from fresh air and go, oh, I think something here did it stun you? is wrong. Uh, it, it really stunned me because my wife was in the house, and she works from home, so she didn't leave for an ent- entire day. And she didn't really get it. And I, I kept thinking, like, am I going, like, do I say something? <laughs> do I not? Am I going crazy? Because she has a great sense of smell. So for us, it was like, well, she doesn't notice it, and, and I'm noticing it, and I just freaking out because we got our new appliance and i just weirded out by it but no it was actually a small gas leak gas leak thankfully uh but no i was very happy to learn that i could do that Wyatt, what's on your smell bucket list if tomorrow i could restore your smelling and you could smell one thing what would it be i think i i think i'm i'm with mike a little bit on the good smells where i i, I would like to know what the big deal is about some of the stuff like i, I do think we mentioned a bakery earlier i'd love to be able to smell food i do Ooh. think that's a bit of an experience that I miss out on as part of the sort of uh, it's like a nice home cooked meal. My partner has a sense of smell and they'll talk about how good something smells even when I'm cooking sometimes. And uh, I will just be like, excellent. That is a benefit for you, but not for me. <laughs> Spalding, what's at the top of the smell bucket list question? I never thought I'd ask anybody. Yeah, what, no, what's definitely not. Um, I, oh gosh. Um, I'm going to go back to the zoo thing. I don't know why, but like, I wish I don't know what a zoo smells like, I guess. I oh, am it's not thankful. great. I know, but like I, all right, I don't know what that. But means. you want to experience that? Yeah, I just want to get it. Manures. I, I want to go. I never <laughs> want to go by the, world. the like the orangutans again for a reason, not just yeah. because like people people don't. So mm. I, I think that would be kind of up there. I don't know otherwise because like I can smell if something's very flowery. I know what like a flowery senses, but a rose and a tulip, for example, smell the same to me. Uh. Like it just is like a sensation of of floral. So. Uh, yeah, I wish I had something better for you other than zoo. But. Oh, well, Dr. Raymond unfortunately shared with us there is no cure, that there are studies being done, but currently no known cure for congenital anosmia. So it's good and bad for you guys. Uh, this is just my life then? It's Pretty never going to come back? It's always yeah. been my life. Sandy Rainbow, nice news. You I, won't get to yeah, smell any you. puppy breath. No, but I am on like permanent uh, dog cleanup duty. Yeah. why it's point, yeah. always. It's just yeah. in and general. If you're trash, staining something, something goes bad in the fridge... Yeah. I never know. I'm the milk smeller in my household. My oh, boyfriend God. suffers with this. I am the milk oh, smeller. Yeah, that's that's a terrible one too. <laughs> it's three fifty six. Thanks, guys. Thank you.